The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Laws that were introduced during the pandemic to permit outdoor drinking and dining are to be extended and may be made permanent. I'm joined in studio now by Richard Guiney, CEO of Dublin Town, and by Janet Horner, Green Party Councillor for Dublin's North Inner City. Good morning and welcome to you both. Uh, Richard, first of all, a welcome for this. Yes, um, look, I think the our cities and particularly Dublin is going to be very different over the next couple of years. We're going to have less vehicles, going to more pedestrianisation. That's very welcome. Um, and the, the conversation, I think, has to move to what do we do with that space? Um, the public are very supportive of outdoor dining. Uh, they're also supportive of outdoor drinking, not to the same extent, but still very uh, supportive. And I think, you know, just in terms of how the city functions, uh, we had a, a walk through the city there um, last uh, about two weeks ago with uh, Dublin City Council. And, what you know, you're walking down Henry Street, it's dead, it's it's dangerous, it's 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 uninviting. You go through some of the, the streets that are... Henry Street is pedestrianised. It is. Already. It so is pedestrianised, but it doesn't it's have... It's dangerous outdoor. even though it's pedestrianised. Well, it kind it of runs counter to the view that you get lots of people on the street and it's safe. No, but uh, at night, um, the... the the shops are closed. You don't have a nighttime. Uh, you don't have nighttime businesses. But when you're in uh, other streets where you know there's a bit of bustle, people are on the street. There's eyes and ears. People feel more comfortable. And uh, Henry Street is retail all the way. It's through. retail all the way. So through. there's no option to have outdoor dining on the pavements. Well, I think we will need to look at uh, the, the the planning for that and and introduce new uses, entertainment uses, uh, out, uh, restaurant uses, and you know integrate the the evening and uh, daytime economy. And I think. That's that is where uh, the the future of the city lies. So, so, what's your vision then of Henry Street, where there are, it's retail pretty much all the way? A couple of cafes uh, who are coffee bar type yeah. things who are not uh, selling evening type food. What's your vision? Is that the 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 middle of the road, the carriageway, if you like, would be covered in tables and and maybe pop up restaurants or, or what do you say? Well, well, we need mixed use, and we also need to to introduce. Um, living over the shop and we need to you know we need to revive that and we had a very good plan uh, with, that we worked out with Dublin City Council and the American Institute of Architects back in 2017 which gave a, a really good vision of mixed use uh, outdoor use um, and uh, in reintroducing uh, living above the shop so I mean I think that's the ultimately the, the, the vision that we all need to to work for. Now what I would say in terms of outdoor dining is it does need to be regulated um, and the space needs to be allocated and, and it needs to be managed by um, people who are allowed to use that space. So for example when you have, you know, the loos are are, you, are cleaned and it has to be noted that they're cleaned. Same same kind of regime I think for uh, outdoor use of space. I don't believe in a free-for-all. I don't believe people should be allowed to have pints halfway down the street. That's not that's not going to work and I, mm. I don't think that's the, the space we what about in. what about people who want to get through Henry Street? Uh, pedestrians find they can weave their way around the tables. What about bikes and e-scooters? I think what we need in terms of and again, uh, you know, the the research we've conducted with Red Sea would show that the public. Uh, don't want uh, bikes and e-scooters in the same space as the pedestrians. Um, so I do think what, what we need there is that we need designated areas that will, you know, that can be used for cycling and uh, e-scooters. But the, you know, the kind of free-for-all that we have on Capel Street is not working. Only 8% of the, the public believe that that's the right way forward. So I think, you know, what we really do need is we need to plan the city. We need uh, proper engagement that we haven't had in, in terms okay. of the use of space. And, and we need to workshop... Uh, Janet, what, what do you say? 
Um, I think outdoor dining has had offered a huge amount to the city, particularly in the in the course of their recovery from the pandemic. It has brought life to the street and I think it's helped people sort of reimagine the city space because we have this assumption in Ireland that we can't use outdoor space year round. We're like, oh, it's always raining. It's never enjoyable to sit around and have a cup of tea or a pint outside. Not like Italy, France, wherever we kind of picture these beautiful plazas. But the reality is most of the time, most of the year round, you can sit outside, maybe not all day, maybe it'll rain at some point during the day, but it can be, we, we can make much better use of our outdoor space in the city than we do at the moment. I think that's a huge positive of the outdoor dining. I think the concerns of it, and so at the city council level at the moment, we've been discussing bringing in a review of the of, of outdoor dining and what that's going to, uh, what the future of it is going to look like in the city. There's a lot of concerns that have come up in the course of the last two years as well about how we manage this right primarily accessibility. While you kind of set up a table and chairs in one designated area, people, customers don't often observe that designated area and they start moving them around to join up Mm. with their friends, taking over the footpaths, spilling out everywhere. The footpaths have become quite inaccessible at places because... This is um, the law of unintended consequences. Anyone who's got any kind of a mobility issue, and it could be as simple and, and commonplace as someone with a buggy, yeah. It could be someone with a guide dog, someone uh, who is using a white stick. It could be someone who's in a wheelchair. There are lots of people who are discommoded by some of the things that have happened. As I say, unintended consequences, but that's what's happened. Yeah, yeah. And I think there has, there definitely has been an element of you give an inch, you get a, they take a mile in terms of a lot of businesses have sort of exploited that. And we do need to see a much greater enforcement, I think, to make sure people do observe the but rules. But who's going to enforce? What, I mean, we know the, the dog poo is not, pig, you know, enforced. Yeah. The wardens aren't there. And if you see a guy with a pit bull, you're not necessarily going to go up and say, by the way, sir, would you mind picking up after your dog? Well, I would say there's no, a so couple of things. Who are those people who are enforcing? There's a couple of things that I would really like to see. One is more rigid furniture so that it can't actually be moved around and, and moved out of its designated area. I think that would have a few positives. One, staff are actually having to like almost break their backs every day lugging this sort of stuff in and out. And I think that's been actually quite difficult for staff members who are carrying heavy gazebos in and out of their business on a day-to-day basis. Um, and it would also mean that like chairs can't be moved around all over the place on the street. The other thing, like just as a... As a, a other aspects of it are the quality of the furniture. I think we've seen, certainly if you go down Capel Street, there's elements of it that look like very, very cheap gazebos, tents that have been set up and it just isn't the image we well, want for well, the city core. Be, when things are experimental, mm. you know, you're expecting people to invest a lot of money in expensive permanent furniture and then with the stroke of the pen, the council says we're taking that back. Thank and you. I think That's what happened to the guy in Fox Rock that we interviewed about his uh, uh, pizza place where two parking spaces in the village were given over to tables because of the pandemic. And a couple of weeks ago, um, Dudley Rathdown said, sorry, it's over. We're taking it back, even though there's ample parking around the place. So that's and that guy invested a lot of money. So, you know, why would people in Cable Street uh, do other when they know that with a stroke of a pen, you guys would say, sorry, it's over? Well, I think what we want to move towards at this point is having a setup where we have set materials and you say you can set up outdoor furniture if you choose from these set materials that are going to be high quality. And that's what the council approves of. We so want now to we make have sure the council checking fabrics, <laughs> you know, like this business of regulation and no enforcement. It's not a reality, is it, that the council is going to be checking fabrics and or telling people which supplier they may buy from? You know, that's not realistic. I think it's something we definitely need to look towards. Otherwise, we end up with a pretty cheap, tacky looking 
city core. I'm and I would sorry, say, sir. We're closing your place down because your fabric is tacky. Come on. That's not that's not realistic. I will give you one other example, which is the alcohol advertising. At the moment, the city centre where we have outdoor dining is draped in alcohol advertising. That's because they that's, help to pay for it. And But it is public space that has to have a public good aspect to it. And I would certainly say that I don't think that we should have free public space given over to alcohol advertising in the way that we do at the moment. And that would be something I would look be very keen to see change when we bring in regulations around street furniture in the city centre or when we tighten the regulations that are existing around street furniture in the city yeah. centre. So we'll have with the standard brolly, you know, with, with nothing on it, the white brolly or whatever, with maybe the name of the Emporium. So this is our table, not the fellas next door. Is that the kind of vision you have? Because there's something when you go to continental Europe that's kind of a bit uh, jolly, and joyful about having Campari umbrellas and Dada umbrellas and so on. Why not? I think. I mean, do people really drink that stuff because they see it on a brolly? I think giving over public space to free alcohol advertising is out okay, of let's sync not with the amount of work we are doing sell at the alcohol moment. Then, you know, so you can't see an ad for it on a brolly, but you can go in and buy as much as you like at eight quid a pint in Temple Bar or ten quid a pint. You know, is that not gross hypocrisy? We are cracking down. We don't have alcohol advertising at our sports events now. Why should we be handing over public space to alcohol advertising? Richard. I don't have a problem. And as you say, you know, um, across the continent, you do have uh, alcohol branding. And actually, I was surprised that, you know, things like Heineken Zero or Guinness Zero is is also going to be prohibited. I don't have a problem with it, but I I would agree with uh, Janitus in terms of, uh, you know, if you're licensed, uh, I do think it's, you know, reasonable that you would have a a specific standard of of outdoor um, dining, that you would have seats that can't be thrown around or, you know, tables of a a particular weight again that can't be be That makes sense. But it does incur expense. It and, does. And the, you have to have a degree of permanence. Yes. Because I'm just looking at some of the, the texts coming in. I live in Dublin City. Outdoor drinking is the worst thing that's happened for people living in the city. Shouting and roaring all day and all night. Was down Henry Street last Saturday. It's a disgrace. Shops closed and boarded up. Open drug taking. People begging. I was afraid. I did not feel safe. The whole place is dirty and run down. Uh, now, this is from Linda. And this is the kind of thing, Janet, you're talking about. They'll be policing the fabrics um, you know, when all this is going on, uh, make Henry Street a pop-up music and food market with the Poets' Corner. Henry Street is a wasted space in the evenings. Wolftone Square, too, should become a place of live performance. That's from Nile. I gave up outdoor dining in Capel Street. Aggressive begging, antisocial behaviour, open drug dealing. Henry Street, Moore Street, Talbot Street, Capel Street. We need active policing before people can enjoy these places in peace. Henry Street is all retail. Live above the store. That's a joke. Really unsafe place day and night streets look terrible and unsafe safe Dublin City charging uh, retailers uh, council I'm not sure what that last bit is about council rates stop making new laws for everything just enforce what is there says William public places are full of heroin addicts and they're worried about the fabrics uh, I own an apartment which overlooked a storage area at the back of a pub when I bought it it now overlooks a noisy late night beer garden no planning permission was sought for the change of use during the pandemic those people, not happy. Yeah, I probably, maybe I don't share quite the negative perception of Dublin City Centre that some of um, those uh, textures did. I think that in general, people, the majority of people do feel 
quite safe wandering around the city. Everybody knows we have issues in Dublin city centre and every, we are addressing them. But we have a vibrant, lively, diverse city full of life most most times a day and night. And most people do feel quite safe and f- quite comfortable using it. So I know we, we can talk all day about the problems that we have in the city centre, but we do have a, a wonderful, vibrant city. And I think with something like outdoor dining, what we are trying to do at the moment is make sure we get it right so that we're not compromising too okay. much. Now, now one of the things that for I know you're an avid cyclist. You've told us before about, you know, watching bicycles being stolen and, you know, being a bit fearful to say something, but say something you did, uh, even though the bicycle was eventually stolen mm. anyway. Um, that business of cycling, uh, Richard, mixing cycling and dining and drinking, uh, you are not a, a fan of that. I'm in favour of pedestrianisation and I'm I'm also in favour of the use of space for uh, for sustainable uh, transport and, and personal mobility. But it's like all these things. It needs to be regulated properly. It needs to, you know, and the, the So Cable Street, space. for example. Yeah, I think that there should be a designated space for, for, for cyclists. But what's happening at the moment is it's a free for all. And what the feedback we have from you, You're talking about some sort of a little lane in the middle yeah. of... Of Cable or, or, Street, or to the you know, or to the side, but somewhere that's designated. But but at the moment, like you know, uh, and we're getting this back from pedestrians is that they don't uh, feel safe because there's uh, you know there's bicycles moving at speed on. But these are real; these are issues that you know can be really resolved where we actually sit down and work out you know what are the the, the barriers and the same um, in terms of you know the the cost of investing in in outdoor dining. I think, you know, there should be a rebate in terms of the, the, the cost of, of outdoor dining where well, you make the, the appropriate. Rates. Yeah, uh, well, there's, there's a specific cost for uh, the license to have outdoor dining. It's very expensive. It's but it's fi- I think it's four times the, the price of London. It's five times the price of Edinburgh here. And I think okay, that Janet, that's in your remit, you know, the, the cost of dining, getting a permit to have a table. Yeah, I know. And, and I've spoken to Dublin Town about this previously, and it is something that I think is worth looking at. I would also say that ultimately, at the moment, this is public space and it is private businesses who are primarily profiting from it. So we have to be very uh, cautious and considerate of how what the best use of public space is. I think, as I've said, there definitely is a public good that is served from bringing in some outdoor dining. But yeah. we do need to be very careful that we don't completely put the yeah. the private interest of the okay. businesses and, and what about mixing here. cyclists and scooters with uh, pedestrians and people who are dining I guess it's in maybe two streets at the moment, which would be uh, Cable Street and Suffolk Street. Um, And I think probably what you see works quite well in Suffolk Street is exactly what Richard said there, that there is sort of quite designated dining areas. So people, you know, there's a barrier, there's a sort of uh, footpath space that is clearly designated footpath space. There's dining space and then there is walking, cycling space and where people can mix and designated walking space in the footpaths. I think sometimes I would have no hesitation to agree with anyone who says that people shouldn't be cycling on the footpaths. I 100% think that footpaths have to be where people can safely walk and assume there's no scooters, yeah. there's no uh, bikes. There's a, a text here on WhatsApp, rather. Uh, pavements are for pedestrians, not for outdoor dining. These outdoor diners come with their bikes, leave them on pavements, blocking the way. Fibsra is a disaster at the moment. I'm struggling to think where we have outdoor dining. We have one Woodstock, which was uh, is now closed, which is outdoor dining. But mm. I can't. I mean, if foot, if you're getting people cycling on the footpath in Fibsborough, I would say that mm. having lanes of traffic that you can't get through because on your bike is probably the reason yeah. why. And a dedicated cycle lane might might solve those problems for yeah. Fibsborough quicker than a, a I mean, more is, enforcement would. Is the city going to become one large outdoor dining space? I mean, you've great plans for, Steve, for College Green, where you have this great plaza 
But of course, it won't be traffic free. There'll be bikes whizzing through. There'll be e-bikes whizzing through. There'll be e-scooters whizzing through. There'll be the Dart or the Lewis, rather, trundling through. Um, I don't know what you're going to do about taxis. Are they going to have to take the long way around as well? Probably so. But, you know, what is the city to become? And one I think, one yeah. vast cafe. And I think this is where my slight hesitation for on the outdoor dining comes through, that I would be very keen to make sure that what we are primarily doing in Dublin at the moment is improving the public realm as public space for the general public, that seating toilets are provided as a public utility, not been totally left to the pu- private sector to do. And we don't just uh, we, ensure... We have public toilets now at the top of Grafton Street at Stephen's Green. They're still there. I don't know how long more they're going to be there. How many more plans have Dublin City Council got to provide that vital facility for for tourists who should not have to go into a bar and buy an expensive coffee or a pint to use a loo? That's something that I think we really need to be progressing. We've been looking at this for a long time. We've been yeah, fighting for toilets and unfortunately who are you we're not with? getting progress. Keegan? Yeah, and the City Council as a whole, they, it's the cost of managing them. It's the These are the issues that we come up against, the antisocial behaviour, the security that is involved in them. So we've come up with repeated issues when we have been trying to look at them. But we do need permanent solutions to toilets, not just porta cabins, so that you can say that if you have a child that you're going into the city, um, that you know that you will be able to take that child to a toilet without spending a fiver and a coffee and a, a scone somewhere if you have to you'd be lucky to get it for that price but um, mm. yeah you, you want to make uh, sure go, that facility go, go is finally there. back to you Richard uh, this one I work near Henry Street sorry to say the whole city centre is an absolute kip run the gauntlet of aggressive begging open drug taking no visible policing and public realm is filthy you wouldn't see the likes in any European city centre I'm doing this job for 15 years and we've had um, similar comments. I understand and I accept that people don't feel as safe as they they, they should in the city. But actually, if you look at the, the the level of crime, it's not out of control. Um, and we do a lot of visits to other cities and, you know, I see issues. I, I don't similar. recall, I've been to many European cities in the last few years. I don't recall, you know, being able to uh, find in a very city centre location heroin addicts at will, which I can do no, in Dublin. And, and I think, you know, and we had a, a, a programme. Down uh, the lane, by the way, at the back of this yeah, building, you'll yeah. find Look, people injected. I, I think we have an over concentration of our social services within in the core city centre. Um, so, for example, in Paris, they they, they don't have that. They, they provide services uh, where people live in the suburbs. And I do think that that is something that we have to get back to. The, you know, it's it, mm. working with people to to with their needs in in a, in a way that suits their needs and the wider society. All right, we will uh, leave it there. Interesting discussion prompted a lot of comment from our listeners. Uh, but uh, Richard Guiney, CEO of Dublin Town, and Janet Horner, Green Party Councillor for Dublin's North Inner City, uh, thank you both very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.